This Thacker Slate podcast is hosted by Connie Thacker and Allison Slate, two experienced attorneys who believe honesty, transparency, and knowledge are key to achieving the best legal outcomes. A variety of topics, particularly those related to sensitive family law matters, are candidly covered by Connie and Allison, other Thacker Slate attorneys, and guests in a refreshing, timely, and practical way for listeners. Welcome to the Thacker Slate podcast. Uh, my name is Connie Thacker, and with me uh, are two of our fantastic attorneys uh, that we're so privileged to have working with us. It's Courtney Sierra and Tiffany Burks, and we've got some very interesting topics for you today. We're going to talk about agreements. Uh, know what you sign and know what you agree to in email. We're going to talk to you a little bit about using your work email to communicate with your attorney and how that can become problematic. And then we're going to provide you with some basic insights of attorney-client privilege and what that really means, uh, what we can shield for you and what we can't shield for you. So I'm going to begin by talking about knowing what you sign. And I'm going to tell you a story about one of our clients who's given me his permission to talk about this story. So our client is the husband. He's uh, married. They have a number of real estate properties. And wife really controls all the legalities of those. She puts together the operating agreements. She puts together the deeds. She does everything that she needs. She does all the bookkeeping. He's sort of the handyman. He's going to all the properties, fixing them up, making sure that they're rep repaired appropriately. And so wife says to him one day, well, I think we need to make sure we put all these properties into a trust because that's the best way to protect the properties. So unbeknownst to him though, he uh, the wife got a trust from her mother's lawyer and just changed a few things in the trust. She copied and pasted it. She didn't go to an attorney and get a new trust. And lo and behold, buried in it about third or fourth of page of that trust is language indicating that it's an irrevocable trust. So what wife did was she had deeds prepared to transfer him into this trust and they became, uh, arguably, we, we prevailed against that based on the assignments, that they were uh, now placed into an irrevocable trust and none of these properties could come back out of the trust ever and forever. Fast forward, they're getting divorced and now he realizes that he signed this document that he didn't really read or understand because he relied on his wife to tell him that this was the way that it needed to be. And interestingly, the properties that he had in the prenuptial agreement were now in the trust and the properties that she had in the prenuptial agreement were not in the trust. So she still was trying to make a claim that she was entitled to her property under the prenuptial agreement. So I would encourage you to make sure that you know what you're signing or contact someone before you sign it. Also, even though it was against public policy, there was an infidelity clause in the trust. It basically said if infidelity occurred during the marriage that the other party got all of the properties. Now, that's really not going to fly muster with public policy as it relates to having these agreements, but it certainly does make it a little uncomfortable. When you're presented with a document that requires your signature or somebody requires your signature, the law in the state of Michigan is <clears throat> if you sign it, you've presumed to have read it 
and understood it. So make sure that you understand what you're signing before you sign it. If you don't, make sure you call us and we'll review it with you and, and explain what it is that you're getting into. The second thing I'd like to comment on is um, email agreements. We oftentimes see parties going back and forth on emails and there's case law out there that does suggest that if you agree to something in an email, I can't unring that bell for you. So if you think that you're going to have settlement negotiations with your spouse in the divorce case outside of your lawyer and you agree to something in there that's probably not in your best interest and you agree in the email, I can't unring that bell for you. So it's very important that you watch what you put in your emails and it's very important that you watch and read what you sign. I'm going to turn it over now to Tiffany to talk to us about work-related email and the attorney-client privilege. Yes. Thank you, Connie. Um, so this is a case that I hate. Let me preface it by saying that because I hate the whole concept of it. Um, and I wouldn't be able to properly talk about this without giving you that knowledge first. Um, but the main premise of this is that if you email your attorney from your work email or from any other email where there's some sort of disclaimer that it's not private, it's not private and it's not privileged. So it can be discovered. The other um, attorney on the other side or the other party can subpoena that employer and say, look, I want all the emails. I want to know what they talked about, when they talked about it. And you know, you might have the entire strategy in there or you might have things that you didn't want the other person to know, but guess what? Now they know. Um, so one of the first things that I always tell clients is, I don't care if you have to open up a separate email that is just for this divorce or just for this custody case, do it. Don't ever email me from your uh, work email. It's really that simple. Well, and just to go off of that, I think that it's important to talk about what what is attorney-client privilege? And I think a lot of times people hear that term, they think, oh, just attorney-client privilege. No, no. Attorney-client privilege is an absolutely huge deal. It's a big deal. Uh, Tiffany kind of talked about how there's a lot of information that uh, as attorneys, we don't want the other side to know. We, we talk about strategies in our emails. We talk about just different things that we don't want the other side to know. So attorney-client privilege is absolutely important. And it's important for clients to know that attorney-client privilege can be breached by including third parties. So if you come to our office and we have a meeting and you bring a third party, is that if that's your sister or your brother or mom or insert any third party that's your support or otherwise, that communication is is breached. So that, that attorney-client privilege has been breached. That's the same as it goes with emails. A lot of times, um, you know, I, I get emails from clients and they've copied their, their somebody else, third party, sister, um, brother, mom, dad, and the, that communication has been breached. And it's important that we don't, we don't do that because for all the reasons that Tiffany talked about, um, it is worth noting that there are times when privilege is not, there is no privilege. And that's when if when uh, somebody tells us that they're going to commit a crime. And if you tell me that you're going to do that, I, that's not privilege. That's concerning. Um, another time that uh, there will not be privilege is if um, if you've claimed that your attorney has done something wrong. Um, you waive privilege by that. So just be be mindful of those things. Well, I think to summarize that, it's important to understand that 
the privilege that you do have with your lawyer is incredibly important and incredibly strong, but it's not 100% and you can violate your own privilege. We don't see it in all regular cases, but we do see it in a lot of high conflict cases where people will start to send out the subpoenas for that information. So I guess to summarize, know what you sign, make sure you're not sending something to a third party and waiving your privilege or including someone in on a conversation with your lawyer and watch who you include on your email and make sure you don't use your work email if they have an open policy that they can read your email at any time because it might come back to bite you. So if you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, please reach out to us here at Thacker Slate because we know these areas. Thank you for listening to this episode of our Thacker Slate podcast. If you have additional questions, do not hesitate to contact us at 616-888-3810 or visit our website, thackerslate.com, for further information.